in America each year, an estimated 350,000 bars are opened and shut through the process. We have one owner named Chip Williams, retired military vet who decided to buy an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese and turn it into a bar called Tappers. But lately, with the failing economy, things for Tappers haven't been going so well. So Tappers has called in John Tapper to help rescue them the bar. Chip has agreed to open the doors, bust open the books, and make a phone call for Tappert to save him on bar rescue. Last night, John Tappert and his team had a recon. There was a rat! There was a rat in the beer keg! Listen, that's unsanitary! My wife came in here! She was a patron! And next thing you know, you have an old biker man daughter saying, I want to rub on something I can't mention on this family show! I... How dare you! You'll be lucky if you see me coming tomorrow. After cleaning all night and reorganizing the bar, John Taffert has agreed to show up again this morning. Let's get everybody in. Let's get everybody in. Now, I know I wasn't a very nice guy last night, but it just infuriates me when things like that happen, especially when you're getting somebody sick. But anyways, I want to introduce you to my team. They're all experts here, and I don't want anybody snickering or looking any type of way. We're here to be friends, and I'm here to make you some money. Now, tomorrow, what we're going to do we're gonna have our stress test, so I need everybody good and working. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm Micah, and this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, buddy, it's another great episode, and now I can finally say it. Now that we are a couple weeks removed, but my buddy Micah just got married, so congratulations! Thanks. Married life doesn't feel much different, but it's it's good. And yes, everybody has asked me, how's married life? Yeah, the answer's pretty much the same. It's like, felt like before, except there's a paper with a signature now. I'm very uh, upset that you did not let me have the opportunity to ask you, so, how's married life? But that question is very annoying. Uh, but hey, it was a great wedding. It was a good time uh, to get to celebrate with Micah and his new bride. But yeah, so just wanted to shout that out. So congratulations, man. Thanks, man. And, uh, everything worked out great and then went on the honeymoon. So I was excited. Shout out to our great state of Florida. You know, we, uh, we do a lot of jail reports on you and I can see why there's some interesting folks down in Florida, but we love you, Florida. Um, there's such a diverse mix down there and, uh, we'll, we can talk about that later, but it's just like, I love just, you could have your true blue Floridians, you could have your country folk, and at the same time, you could have the dudes from New York with the gold chain and a little bit of hamburger meat hanging out. It's great. Yeah, it's great, but we want to welcome all of those that are listening. We also want to thank our returning listeners. We've had people in Iowa, Nebraska, a lot in the Midwest, also in Boston, uh, in Maine, in Canada, Frankfurt, Germany, Singapore, um, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, of course, California, Portland, Oregon, Washington. So we want to thank all of our listeners, man. We've had such great growth uh, these past almost two years, well, a year and a half, I guess I should say. But we're going to go into our segment, first segment, which is the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. Now, I know all of us have probably done this where we have stayed up for 24 hours intentionally or unintentionally but when we were kids uh, Micah and I used to spend the night mostly at Micah's house um, but one night we just decided we are gonna fix ourselves on this goal of staying up for 24 hours because neither of us had done it well I hadn't done it before maybe you had before but I I'd never done it before I may have told you that I had before but no I hadn't 
I um I tried a bunch, but I'll tell you what, as a kid, it was really, really hard to stay up um, all night. It was really, really hard. Well, you also told me that you had a watch that could detonate a bomb in North Korea anytime you pushed it. And uh, you'd be like, yeah. And then you'd push it and be like, yep, there's a bomb going off in North Korea right now. And even as like a third grader, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it was a little bit of an embellishment there. I used to embellish a lot, actually, um, since we're telling tales on myself. Um, there was also another time where uh, I would set alarms on my cell phone when I first got one, like when I was an early teenager, uh, to pretend that people were calling me. That was great. There you go. So uh, let's tell them a little bit of how we made the time pass uh, during this 24-hour challenge because i mean it's sometimes once you start getting into like two three o'clock in the morning you start fading a little bit you gotta find some interesting ways to keep yourself up now i'll tell you this much so what were we i think we were probably what 15 16 maybe no it was earlier it was way earlier than that we were probably like fourth or fifth grade you think it was that uh okay yep it was that early well i know that we literally um i know that we at first we did what we weren't supposed to do and we watched Adult Swim when Cartoon Network like crossed over into Adult Swim. And it was always like King of the Hill first. And then it like moved into like Family Guy. And I think it was like Family Guy for a while until like midnight, right? And then midnight it went into like anime. And we weren't really into anime. So it was like up until midnight was pretty easy. And you also have to think too. We spent a lot of time at each other's houses. So we like would stay up pretty late. And, you know, play video games or whatnot, watch TV. So, essentially, we got to, like, midnight. And I remember, like, midnight was where it kind of got a little hard. And um, I'm trying to think what else we did. Like, at that point, you might have heard in some of the other stuff. That's when uh, certain infomercials started coming on. And um, that's where um, certain prank calls tended to happen. Well, before midnight, we uh, actually called Pizza Hut before they had caller ID, and we ordered a pizza for the next-door neighbors. And um, then whenever the Pizza Hut guy would go deliver it, they'd knock on the door, and they'd be like, oh, wait, we didn't order a pizza. And the guy was like, okay. And so then we would watch him and wait for him to leave. And then right as he was about to leave, then we called the place and be like, hey, like, so we haven't gotten our pizza yet. Like, what's happening? And that happened a couple of times before they figured out that it was just kids messing with them. But we also watched, I remember, we watched the very first episode of Dave Chappelle. Like, we didn't know it was the first episode of Dave Chappelle, but it just came on. And we were like, what the heck is this? And it was the Clayton uh, Clayton Bigsby episode, which is pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's what he's pretty infamous for. And I remember just being like, this is hilarious. And But I was like, this is really bad. We're not supposed to watch it either. Also, Micah decided that it was going to be funny to pull a little prank on his friend Chris. Yeah, something something else that was uh, interesting about me, and if uh, there are any psychologists listening, maybe maybe this is one for you. I, I don't know why, but um, there was times where I would like pretend to sleepwalk and freak Chris out and be saying some weird things just to, just to freak him out. That wasn't cool of me, but uh, Chris... What were some of the things that freaked you out, bud? One thing that happened was, like, you would just point to the TV. You were like, oh, there's uh, there's water on the TV. And I was like, there's not any water on the TV. You're like, yeah, there's water on the TV. And, like, you would, like it would be the point where, like, it was starting to get a little creepy. And I started getting scared. And it just didn't happen that one night. It lasted for, like, a good six months. Um, and I didn't even find out that it was fake until, like, 
I don't know. I think it was that trip of coming out to Texas, maybe when you told me about the door too. So I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think I was in the mood of like, yeah, let's get some things off my chest because uh, <clears throat> I wasn't exactly uh, the best of friends at the time. Well, I mean, it was one of those things. We were kids too, so I don't know. Kids be doing stupid stuff. Yeah, I also remember that we would like go out and sit on the roof because uh, Micah had a upstairs bedroom, and so like you could just open the window and like the roof was like right there, and so you could just go out there and sit out there on the roof. All I remember about that is like uh, it was dark. It was dark as mess. I'm glad we didn't like fall off or anything, but yeah. Um, we would like climb out the window and go sit out there and, uh, just chill out, especially, I don't know, summer nights were cool, um, like temperature wise, you know what I mean? Like it would kind of cool off. It would feel nice. And I don't know, there, we had like a downstairs porch, but the thing is you would have to like go by my parents' bedroom and stuff and they would like know you're moving around and they make a big deal about it. So it was easy enough just to go out on the roof. I remember we kept it pretty quiet too. Cause I like, I knew that if. Micah's parents knew that we were staying up that late. Because it was the summer. They would still be mad, though. Um, but I remember we said, we both were like, well, what time did you wake up uh, this morning? We both said 7. We're like, okay, we have to stay up till 7 the next morning. So I remember about, like, or 6. That's when I was really starting to fade, dude. Like, I was really starting to fade. I was like, oh. Well, I do remember 4 o'clock rolled around. And the reason I remember 4 o'clock is because I had never seen Reno 911. And I remember Reno 911 came on, and I remember, like, I was I was really fighting it, and I was really dozing. But, like, what really helped me was there was one scene in particular, and I don't know why. I, I couldn't tell you anything else about the episode, but the dude on the scooter leaving the garage, and it's like, you'll never catch me alive. And he was, like, on this little bitty scooter, and I don't know. It made me laugh so hard. It, like, kept me awake for another 30 minutes. Yeah, I remember, like, we were like, okay, let's watch let's – watch two movies because that will get us to the time limit like by the time these two movies were over and i remember it was rat race and it was the fast and the furious i think either the first one or the second it was either one of those two it was the it was the first one i think but i yeah. remember like at 6 30 i was like faded back i was like oh i gotta i gotta do it but we finally got to seven and then i remember sleeping for like a good long time like, I slept till, like, 3 in the afternoon. Dad, I remember my parents were mad because they are like, why'd you sleep till, like, 3 in the afternoon? And then they figured it out. But um, something else, remember there was, like, those stale cookies? I don't know why. Like, the stale cookies, like, helped us stay awake, too, for some reason. I don't know. I guess sugar in the system. I mean, I'm not trying to talk crap, dude, but, like, all the chips, all the chips in the cookies that you have were stale because they would <laughs> keep them in the laundry room. Like all the chips and the soda and the um, and they would have the soda in like these two liter bottles and so whenever you would open the soda it would taste like dish detergent. I always remember that or laundry detergent. I'll put it to this way too. Literally, we would have those for so long because for whatever reason they would buy that, but if you like ate or drank it in a timely fashion, then they would get upset. So really, the only time that I could have it was like when Chris was around. And even at that, like, that time of the night, we had to, like, hide it, right? I remember, like, we drank a root beer one time that had sat in there for forever, and it was flat as all gross and get out. And I had to, like, hide the two-liter bottle so that they wouldn't find it and <laughs> get in trouble. I don't know what it, the deal was with that, but, yeah, all the chips were stale. All the soda was flat. So that is uh, that is a story about the 24-hour challenge. We both completed it, and but I just remember, I don't think I've ever intentionally 
uh, stayed up for 24 hours. Like it has been, but it's been like because of work or because like I've had some projects or stuff that I had to get done. It's never like, Ooh, I'm just going to stay up and see if I can stay up for 24 hours. Bro. I, yeah. Same here. And most of the time it's either been because of work. Um, actually mainly just because of work and it's, it's strange. I'll tell you that much, especially when you don't have a choice. Like, your body fights it even harder. Like, when you don't feel like you have a choice, I don't know. If you're not busy, like, if you don't keep yourself really busy, like, it literally fights it. Um, just another side note. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if your parents let you watch Fear Factor. But I remember they did a Fear Factor episode where not only did they have to do, like, the Fear Factor challenges, but they also had to stay up for 48 hours, like, straight. And if they fell asleep, then they were out. And I was sitting there... And just, like, watching them, you know, it's just, like, man, just, like, sitting there in between challenges has to be just so rough, you know? Like, that has to be just so rough. Your body's just, like, fighting it. Everything's all quiet, and, you know, it's just terrible. Well, I did overnights for two years, and, like, while I was doing them, it was fine. But then, like, once I got off night shift and I got acclimated, I was like, man, I don't – I would do it if I had to, but I would not want to go back to night shift ever again. Yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that. But yeah, man, we can move on to our next segment, and that's our jelly donut. Who do you get, Private Pile? Sir, jelly donut, sir! A jelly donut? So, Chris, what do you got for us for our jail report? Oh, since uh, you wanted to shout out our Florida friends earlier in this episode, and you uh, and you just recently came back from oh, Florida. Oh, nice. Uh, all of our arrest stories are from Florida. Heck yes. Yeah, I... I'll just say this. I can see why. Like, I, I don't know why. I can just see why. Between the Florida heat and, uh, I don't know, the amount of drugs that be down there, too. I don't know. I saw a lot more people kind of hide down there than uh, than I was prepared for. More than Texas level, I would say. But uh, maybe I'm just exaggerating. But we do love Florida. All right. Well, this first one, a Florida man in Emerald City was arrested. Uh, because he tried to smuggle a cat into a strip club. <laughs> what? Uh, his name's Everett, and he tried to enter the Emerald City Gentlemen's Club with his uh, cat, and he was refused entry. Uh, he then promptly called 911, and when deputies arrived and spoke to him, he appeared intoxicated and refused a taxi. Charges included misuse of the 911 system, disorderly intoxication, trespassing after warning, and resisting arrest without violence so it was really just because i'm pretty sure they didn't let him in the club because number one they're not gonna let a cat in the club number two he's probably very yeah they're only gonna let one kind of cat in that club so uh i understand that but that's that's crazy he must have been pretty out of his mind it's like yeah we're gonna take mr mittens with us to the club uh yeah so good times good times all right, this next one. A Florida man was put in jail after he decided to improvise during an alleged robbery at the Waffle House. Oh, you know it's going down oh, at the Waffle man. House. You know how that goes. Man, just going to the Waffle House, it's like you better be on your guard. I love the Waffle House, but especially if you be going late, that's when you see the, the really interesting stuff at the Waffle House. Um, you're very liable to see dinner and a show. We saw High Speed Pursuit next to Waffle House one time. Got to eat my pancakes and watch High Speed Pursuit. So that's great stuff with the Waffle House. There you go. The Madison County Sheriff's Office said a Waffle House employee called them to the restaurant after a man tried to rob them. 
the, uh, the sheriff said that they said witnesses told deputies that the man entered the Waffle House with a small dog, pointed his hands into a finger gun, and yelled, Get on the ground. Y'all are getting robbed. Rodriguez, uh, that's the man that was trying to do it, uh, robbed the place, then said he was high and drunk before grabbing some napkins and leaving the restaurant. Deputies found the would-be armed robber at his home where he admitted to robbing the restaurant of its napkins, according to the sheriff's office. He now faces charges for unarmed robbery and assault. So he tried to rob him with the finger guns, man. He tried to do the Michael Corleone, but it didn't work out for him. Yeah, it didn't, didn't work out. But, hey, he made it away with uh, his 72-cent worth of napkins there. And, uh, you know, napkins can be valuable in certain markets. But I tell you this much, if you're going to rob the Waffle House, at least make it to go, right? Like, hey, I need some hash browns. Like, go ahead and place an order and be like, I need that chip chop. Let's go out the door if you're gonna rob the place at least get some food with it all right okay this next one uh florida man is chase is facing charges after he allegedly hit his wife with a christmas tree after she asked him to help her make the christmas dinner uh richard this is a 52 year old man was arrested by police on multiple charges including domestic battery the report stated he uh he was reported to have lost his temper he began packing his things and went outside to his vehicle. He then returned to the home because he had been drinking and had told his wife that she was going to leave the house instead. When she tried to leave the residence, deputies said that Richard shoved her and then picked up a Christmas tree in the corner of the room and threw it at her, striking her. Authorities said that he then blocked the front door to prevent her from leaving. Wow, man. Like, And you know what's funny? The mugshot of this dude, like he has a Santa Claus beard, which is kind of ironic i'm just sitting here listening to the whole story it's like now nah, he gets kicked out he walks out there he's like no 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 i ain't gonna be kicked out he walks back in there and he's like you're leaving now then she goes fine i'll leave he she tries to leave he goes oh you know what tries to throw this christmas tree at her or did it say hit her with it hit him with it or throw it at him it it says that he just threw it and then it struck her. <laughs> so it's just like he he full-on chucked this christmas tree at her and then was like, blocked the door and said, baby, 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 don't leave. I didn't mean to throw that Christmas tree at you. That's what that sounded like. I wonder how big the Christmas tree was for him. I don't it must not have been very big. I mean, my thing is, if it was, I don't know. I don't know. Some of those fake Christmas trees are pretty light, too. So I, I, Yeah, you never know, man. That's the first story I've heard of a person getting assaulted by a Christmas tree. So... All right, this next one, uh, his name is Jerome, and he was a Dollar General employee. He allegedly poured bleach into his co-worker's drink man. after an argument. When deputies arrived at the store, video surveillance reportedly showed Jerome pouring bleach into the Pepsi can while the victim was in the bathroom. He also reportedly wiped the can off, walked away, and came back to spit in the co-worker's drink. So he got an argument and then poured bleach in it, spit in the co-worker's drink, and yeah, that's crazy, bro. Man, what did that guy say to him? Good grief. Put bleach in there and then also spit in it too and hide the evidence and stuff. Dang. I don't know. Looking from the mugshot, he he looked like one of those dudes that uh, could be set off easily. So you could just tell. Maybe working at the Dollar General has got his uh, temper shortened. I don't know. I don't know, man. All right, two more. Um, So... This guy named Tracy was accused of stealing over $1,000 worth of toothbrushes from a Walgreens store. 
Deputies said he later admitted to throwing the toothbrushes off the Long Key Bridge in the Florida Keys. The motto behind the incident, uh, they don't know what it was. So how did my man steal a thousand dollars worth of toothbrushes? My thing is, did they have that much in one singular store? Because my thing is, most of the time when you go to a drugstore like that, I, you know, I mean, I don't think they have a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. And even if they did. Wouldn't you think that he was having to take the whole shelves with him almost to get all well, that? Well, think about it, too. He might have been stealing battery-operated toothbrushes, so that could have been a higher... But do you think that they would have, you know, thousands of dollars of worth of battery-powered, you know, toothbrushes all in their store all at once? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Maybe he hit a few stores stealing from them or... Um, Maybe it was one of those things where they were stocking and they had a big box of them or something and they stole a big box. But, yeah, we were just in the Keys and the Long Key Bridge is that's, – that's interesting. There's a lot of, like, fishing spots down there, you know, off of the bridges where people can go fishing. I could totally see where somebody would just step onto one of those little fishing spots and throw something off. For sure, man. All right, uh, this next one. A guy got kicked out of Disney World for making a dad joke. Oh, Disney, they serious. This guy had a tough time dealing with the staff after he made a few requests. He was staying at Disney property. And at one point, the dad joked that he could build a math, he could build a meth lab in his room in the time it took for the staff to help him. As it turns out, uh, they took that very seriously. And later that night, the police officers raided his room and subsequently banned him from all Disney properties. So he was just making a joke, but like... Uh, that's a bit much. I mean... It was probably in very poor taste to make that joke, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Like, who who thinks that there's actually going to be a meth lab built at Disney properties? You know what I mean? Yeah, and by just some rando dude like that, and I, I don't know, just off of some comment like that. Yeah, it's just dumb. Taking things out of proportion. But I feel like Disney's taking a lot of things out of proportion with a lot of the political stances they're having to take with the state that they're in and all this other stuff. So I think they're, in a sense, trying to, like, nail people to a proverbial cross for some things. You know what I mean? They're, like, they're trying to go overboard to show people a lesson. I don't think that that stuff works. Yeah, but to be banned from the properties just for making that comment, man, it doesn't make sense to me. But Yeah, you know, and there could be more to the story where maybe the guy was a jerk the entire time and, like, was harassing different staff, and they were just like, you know what, this guy's gone, and that was the final straw. But who knows? Yeah, we just never know. So, uh, yeah, that is the jail report. So I guess we're going to hop into the donut hole. And I got a good movie review for you guys because there's actually some good movies that are out now. There's actually a lot of movies out that are good right now. Um, but I'm going to review the new Flash movie because it was actually very phenomenal. It was very good. Um, so this is the first actual real Flash movie that we have gotten. Um, it's starring Ezra Miller. And I will just be honest with you, I like the TV Flash a lot better than Ezra Miller. Uh, but... The whole premise of the story is that, uh, you know, if you if you are a comic book nerd and you know anything about the Flash, uh, Flash's mom was killed and his dad was framed for it, but it really wasn't uh, Flash's um, Flash's dad that killed her. It was the Reverse Flash, but his dad's spending like twenty years in jail or whatever, um, or sorry, spending life in jail for this murder, right? And so in the movie. It's coming up on his dad's, like, parole hearing, and they're trying to get new evidence for him. 
So Flash is like, you know what? I'm going to go back in time and try to stop my mom from dying. Well, if you've gone or watched any time travel movie, you know that that's a big no-no. Big, big no-no, right? So he opens up the whole Flashpoint, the whole Flash meta-universe, um, the multiverse, and he gets uh, into a different universe, and he's trying to uh, get his way back, but he ends up running into himself because in the universe that he uh, got kicked into, his mom's alive, and that's the only universe that she's alive, and so he's running into his 20-year-old self and then trying to help him get powers. But I'll tell you why this movie is great. For none other than Michael Keaton Batman. Michael Keaton is Batman in that universe. Dude, it's been like 30 years since we've seen Michael Keaton put on the Batman uniform. And he was absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Stellar? He's old. He's old. But he was absolutely phenomenal, man. Hey, age don't matter as long as you're good. Yep. So he has always been my favorite Batman. And you can argue whether or not it's good or not. Uh, he's the best or what. But this Flash movie was really good because DC has had a track record of making really bad live action movies. Um, but this one was actually pretty good. It was funny. Um, the pacing of it was good. The storyline was good. It kept me engaged. What I really liked about this is that they tied in a lot of the DC movies. So like they even tied in Christopher Reeve's Superman. They tied in the original Flash. Um, they tied in different Supermans and Batmans from like all of the um years and so you get i'm not going to spoil it but there are more than just a michael keaton batman that shows up um ben affleck is the batman at the beginning and he his batman was actually pretty good in this movie it was garbage before but like we've never really gotten to see a movie on the flash and it was really cool with the cgi and just kind of getting to see the how they slowed down the flash and like his movements and everything but flash moves so fast um, like I said, I don't really care for Ezra Miller as uh, The Flash, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. So there's been a lot of people that have kind of been on the fence with it. They're like, mm, I don't know if I should go see it or not. So. Well, you know, I might actually see it because I'll tell you this. If there's any superhero that I actually liked, um, it would be The Flash. I don't know. I've always thought that the prospect of being able to run – you know, faster than the speeding bullet is. What's good about this Flash is, um, I know in a lot of the comics and in the animated series, Flash is kind of a jerkwad and kind of like cocky. But this one, he's like more of an awkward Flash. And so it's kind of cool to see. And so I really liked it. I thought they did a good job of getting you engaged on the emotional roller coaster, which is always a big win for movies. And then if you don't go see it, just go see it for Michael Keaton Batman. Because... I mean, obviously, they use the stunt double for, you know, all the fighting scenes. But to see him in that role and to be Batman and to put on the mask and uh, to be Bruce Wayne was actually phenomenal. Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah, Michael Keaton, Batman is probably my favorite, too. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I think the George Clooney Batman was definitely the worst one, in my opinion. Which one was, like, the absolute worst Batman? I don't know. That's a... Probably Ben Affleck from Batman and Batman versus Superman. Um, I don't think George Clooney was a horrible Batman. I just think he had a bad movie. I think that's probably what it is. And that and that could be, but I don't know. I just he was probably the one that I did not like uh, the best. My favorite villain still has to be Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Uh, that just there if there's ever a character that matches, I 
that's always my favorite. I don't know. He, he made a great character for Yeah, me. I like Christian Bale as Batman. He's a pretty good Batman. I think Robert Pattinson was a pretty good young Batman uh, just starting out. I think um, probably, I don't know who the best Bruce Wayne would be. Val Kimmer Batman is like, uh, kind of like mid for me in the middle. I don't know. Christian Bale, listen, I'm going to take a moment to say Christian Bale is quite underrated. I mean, the fact that the dude literally, um, you know, he's done so many American movies to the point where you totally forget that he's, you know, got a British accent. And literally, he's able to play that off so well. And you think about somebody like Batman or even Bruce Wayne, where he's having to use different voices and things like that, on top of changing your accent, that takes talent. That takes a lot of talent. It is. It does take a lot of talent. So, we'll see. Uh, I was very excited when I heard that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman and reprising that role. So, very exciting. But, we're going to move into the next segment, which is, What Fries My Donuts, Buddy? <laughs> what Fries Your Donuts? This is a part two. People in the airport, or people... In general, really not caring, all that stuff. Bro, I just got to tell you, I saw some craziness at the airport this last time. I literally saw a, the, I think probably the craziest one, was a woman who was letting her kid run all around to the point where other passengers were having to corral the kid. Also, she left the child in their stroller in the TSA line, like literally like pulled off to the TSA line and was like, oh, I got to get out of line. And so literally she just left her child, walked out of line, and then cut everybody to get back to the child and got back into her place in the TSA line. And I'm talking like just, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, right? Like, but just full on left her child. Don't know where she went off to, but she was gone for a good five, ten minutes. That's crazy, man. I hate that. That's very annoying. Yeah. Every time I travel, I realize the stupidity of people in large masses, and it gets on my nerves. Yeah, well, me too. Well, and it's one of those things to where everybody's huddled up at the, you know, the screens and everything, trying to figure out, okay, where are their flights going, and all this. And you know, I understand this, but my thing is, where, where's the confusion, right? Um, one of the connecting places that we connected through was Dallas Love Field. And Love Field is not, it's not DFW, right? And it's not huge. It's literally one terminal. It's its its a hallway. <laughs> it's pretty much what it is, right? And so for me, it's, I don't know how you get lost. It's like you, you want to go to gate 32? Just keep following the numbers till you get to 32. But it's amazing how many people don't understand this. And I don't know, man. You tell me but used to, I feel like whenever people were walking, and this is for the store, this is for anywhere, but there's a natural flow and order, and you literally, you walk like you drive, right? You literally walk on the right-hand side if you're going a certain way, whichever direction you're going, you're walking on the right-hand side. It's a, in America, yeah, British, I'm sure it's opposite, left-hand side, you walk everywhere. But what's amazing to me is um, the fact you're walking in the airport or you're walking in stores and people are walking opposite directions of you and that's fine but they don't move out of your way like they're in the wrong but they also don't move out of your way then they also look offended like oh man you're in my way it's incredible not just that but i hate how everybody huddles up around the gate and it makes this big old pocket outside of the gate 
Have you seen that? So when you're trying to walk to the airport, it's like there's this big mass of people, and it really shrinks the terminal hallway right there to where now you have to go around this big mass of people that's around the gate, even though they could all be sitting down or dispersed a little better. It's just like there's just no understanding. And, bro, I could not, I could not be a flight attendant. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you, I think I would choke the living life out of somebody, especially because they're announcing things, right? Like you get on the plane and they're like, you need to put your carry on luggage in face down because the overhead bin can't accommodate it sideways. They're saying it over and over and over. And I just watched these people constantly just putting it in sideways, putting it in sideways. And the flight attendants are constantly having to be like this. And they're like announcing over loudspeaker, like nobody's listening to nothing. And, you know, it's just, it's incredible to me, just the amount of people that are just like, oh, they're just going to take care of me. I don't really have to listen or do anything. They'll just guide me in the right place. And I don't really care. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's incredible to me. And then, not just that, but one more thing about the kids. I, I, I don't mind kids. I really don't. But parents control them. I mean, we're on a tin can and a scream tube with this kid. You know what I mean? Everybody around this kid, and these people don't care. It's incredible. Their kid could be screaming to the top of their lungs. They could be just doing whatever, and it's just like they they don't care. They're sitting over there playing on their phone, doing whatever. They don't care. I think also, too, going back to the walking thing, if you see people running through the airport, like, move out of the way. They're obviously trying to catch their flight. They're obviously in a hurry. But I've, but I've been that person that's like, oh, crap, like, I got to get to my next gate because my flight got late, whatever. And, like, people don't move, and I've literally had to shove people, physically shove people to the side to get out of my way because of what I mean. And then they get upset with you. Like, they get upset with you, like, oh, what are you doing? And it's like, bro, like, pay attention and understand because if you were in the same situation, you'd be mad. I'm not moving out of your way. One thing too is like I don't know. I want to say it every time. Like when people stand up, when when they're still like at the back of the airplane, oh, yeah. Like they're standing yeah. up and like they're it's in like, my homie, they're homie, in my row. That's that's the thing. Like I'm staying in my seat. I'm chilling. But it's like it's gonna make it so much easier. You're gonna have it to be waiting anyway, so it's gonna make it so much easier. If you just sit down and we just go row by row, and I, instead of us waiting like, oh yeah, do you go? Do I go? What what's going on? It's like no, just go row by row. Yeah, it's it's incredible to me. Um, it's incredible to me that a lot more airlines have not put more efficiencies in place uh, to get people on and off quicker. Um, but at the same time, I understand they don't want to impede people's, I guess, freedom and tell them what to do. But at the same time, it's it, it's terribly inefficient. It's terribly inefficient a lot of the time. And what drives me nuts, oh, this was something else too, getting on the plane. It's, you know, if you need something from your carry-on bag, you better be grabbing that sucker before you go down the jetway. Or if you figure it out, there's a line during the jetway. You better be grabbing it while you're on the jetway. There, I've seen so many people, bro, that will be... You know, they're holding up the rest of the people getting on the plane and they're like grabbing their charger, they're grabbing their whatever from their carry on bag before they put it in the overhead. It's like, bro, now you got a line of people behind you that can't get past you. And like, it's not just a line of people on the plane, it's a line of people up the jetway and into the terminal, okay? 
it's like we got to move bro like you want to get this plane out on time you do this enough time you have enough people do this we will leave late because of this crap yeah i think that's the thing it's like gross i think that's just it people don't listen they're like oh well you know i don't have to listen the rules don't apply to me and if everybody does that then it's not efficient but oh last thing and i know i keep going going i took a five in the morning flight a five thirty in the morning flight the common courtesy was just astronomically low. I, courtesy is no longer common, I think, my friend. But my thing is, the people being loud and obnoxious on a 5.30 in the morning flight, the majority of the people are tired. They turn off the lights on those flights for a reason, because most people are going to sleep. And we had this, um, one, we had this high school group of about 40 kids, uh, have you ever heard of HOSA, the, like, healthcare student associated, whatever? So, like, all these little pre-AP kids who thought they were hot crap. And they were sitting over here, like, arguing about bones at 5.30 in the freaking morning. And, you know, there's a bunch of Karen mom chaperones, like, okay, is everybody here? We need to take a head count. And guess what? It's Southwest, so literally you get to pick your own seats. Well, they had taken all the A groups, so they got to pick the seats first. So we had no choice but to sit amongst them, pretty much. Oh, my gosh. It was just, like, I, I'll put it to you this way. I don't normally drink, and I don't normally drink in the morning. But I was halfway tempted to get a bottle of something on the way on the way back. Because <laughs> it was, I mean, they were, like I said, they were arguing about bones, bro. They were arguing about what bones and, like, the density of the marrow and stuff. And I'm glad that y'all are that passionate. But at 5.30 in the morning, I want to strangle somebody for talking about that something. You know what I mean? And they were loud and obnoxious and crazy. It was nuts. Crazy stuff, man. Well, we are going to move into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And so we have our game, our bad presentations game. So we're going to pick, uh, I think, two presentations each. And then uh, all right, we're going to give bad presentations. So do you want me to pick yours? I'll pick yours first and you can go first um i need a bad presentation on a lawnmower brand new from the cut and co we've got the lawnmower 2000 you know what you don't even need to worry about it because it doesn't turn on it has no motor in fact it has no blades it has no nothing you know what it does have though it has these metal shards that shoot into your left Anyways, I can't say where it would shoot, but it's going to shoot you right in your manhood. And it's going to make you hate your life. And that's what it does repeatedly. It doesn't cut your lawn. It just makes you cut yourself and hate yourself. But I already do that now. Funny enough story. Um, I, I just got to go into a side story. Not that the former's happened to me. But um, I did have this old lawnmower and the deck of it gave out to where literally it rusted through. And so I would like run over stuff like rocks and stuff, and it would fling rocks on me. Terrible. So yeah, that's the worst. There you go. That's the worst. All right, what's mine? The world's worst lamp. Are you tired of not being able to see when you're trying to read at night? Well, look no further. We have a lamp for you, but guess what? It's not gonna uh, even light on. And guess what too? It's also going to charge you $300 extra on your light bill because it uses so much energy. And it's also shipped from China. So when you buy it, you're going to have to spend $400 on shipping. And it's not going to get here for another year. So buy this lamp now. 
I'm clamoring for it. Is it 1999? Three easy payments. Three easy payments of only $999.99. Oh boy, that's a deal. All right. All right, what's my next Your one? Your next one is um pitch me a movie idea. A bad presentation for a movie idea. All right, listen, I've got this idea for a movie. No, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good. Here's what it is. Okay, so there's a light socket right now. I want you to hear me out. It's the light, it's the life of a light socket, okay? You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? You know, it flips on and off, right? But there's a life there. Every flip has a meaning. And I think we need to capture that in our next movie and flip on and off. And once that electrical surges, we tell the story of each surge. You get what I'm saying? Do you understand? Do you feel what I'm talking about? Do you feel the electricity behind this movie? That sounds like every movie that's made today. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, do you, do you always hate those movies <laughs> where they put the best parts in the trailer? I hate, the, I hate those movies where it's like, yeah, I have a feeling you guys just put the best parts in the movie, the trailer. Like, I've already seen this movie. I don't need to go see it. Especially when it's one of those quote-unquote heartwarming films. And they'll put, like, a few comedic bits in there. And you go, oh, well, this has, like, Seth Rogen in it or something. And it looks like it'll be funny. And no, no, no. The two or three times, those were the jokes. Those were the punchlines. The rest is very serious. Or I hate whenever they show up idea for a movie and you have you still have no idea what the movie's about you're like what is this even about i know i just watched the trailer for it but what is this about it's like that one shark tank pitch it was like that that was that was it <laughs> um all right so the next one pitch me a bad idea for a pen like a uh, writing pen well you see this pen right here um, well, it has a couple features to it. Uh, you can click it on the on position, or you can click it again and it's in the off position. Uh, it takes about 0.5 milliliters of ink. Um, it's got a nice spring. Uh, oh, I forgot. This is the best part of the pen. You can, uh, it's got this nice grip thing here. Uh, so that way your fingers don't get blisters. Um, and it also has this nice clip on it to where you can, uh, clip it on your shirt or your notebook or, you know, pocket. Um, you could even clip it to your tie if you're feeling kind of, uh, risky. So, yeah, buy this pen. You know, Christopher, I like you. I like you. I really do. Now, I've been talking to your competitors over here at the BIC, the BIQ, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, they told me they can give me 10 of those for what you're charging for two. So what do you got to say about that? Well, see, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. They're, these pens just write different. They just write better. Now, I want to know, what's different about your ink? Over there, they're using uh, a little bit of 50-40 mixture, you know what I'm saying? I just want to know, what's so special about your ink? I don't know. I just got this job so I can pay alimony <laughs> for my wife. It's just like, bro, just buy the pen. I'm, I'm sick and tired of you. Uh, that's how a lot of sales situations are. They be Hey, but those gel pens do be writing better, though. I will say, I would take one of those pens over a... I'm particular. You find a good pen? 
I'll take them over those big pins any day. Yeah, no, you find it, you find a good pin and you stick with it, and then you're very sad once the uh, the ink runs out. And I've never had one of those fancy pins where you can just replace the ink. So, uh, but or somebody steals it. Yeah, that's true. Too many people pin thievery is a thing. Uh, in fact, I can't really talk. I think part of my pins that I got probably came from somewhere else inadvertently. I don't think people steal them on purpose. Well, maybe sometimes, but in my case, it's like. I'll write with it, accidentally put it in my pocket, and be like, oops, I grabbed somebody's pen somewhere. It happens, man. But we're going to move into our eclair, which is our positive advice. I think it, I think it's my turn to go first this week. I don't remember. It's been a while. I'll let you. Thanks, buddy. You're so nice. Um, you but my uh, positive advice is, and it sounds very cliche, but just worry about you. You can't control what other people do or think. Uh, a lot of times we spend so much time being like, well, so-and-so isn't doing this or so-and-so isn't acting this way or so-and-so said this and they may be mad. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can't really control what they do, but you can control what you do. And I think if we stop focusing on what other people are doing and start focusing on what we can do and how we can respond to those situations, I think our life will be a lot easier. It's like, you know without going into too much detail, me and Micah experienced that a lot during the wedding. It was like, oh, well, these people are going to do this. Oh, well, well, we're just going to do our thing, and it's okay. It's all good. So I think that's kind of a thing, um, and that's something that I'm learning is like, hey, just just worry about you. Can't control what other people do. Yeah, just go with the flow because if you go on other people's time frame, you're putting your anchor in sand. It's going to be loosey-goosey, and, um, you know, you won't be considered, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, man, so mine kind of springboards off of yours a little bit. Um, and mine is look for the signs in people. And I'm not just talking about the black and white and what people are saying to your face. So often people will say something to your face, and the next thing you know, they're acting a certain type of way. It's one of those things to where you have to look beyond what they're saying and look at the signs and see how they're actually acting. Talk is cheap a lot of the time, and, you know, people's actions will show, even in the quiet moments, people's character will show out more than anything. And so you have to look for those signs and not just, again, what people are saying, because uh, that's just a shell, and that could just be a part of the agenda. But people's actions will really show you exactly what they want and what they want from you, and if the intentions are good or bad. So just keep looking, keep an eye out, and... Um, it's great if you trust people enough to take them at their word, but at the same time, make sure that their actions are following up with it so you're not getting taken advantage of. That's a good word, man. Well, hey, we are chugging along, man. We've been doing great. We are about a year and a half, almost uh, going into the two-year mark, man. So it's been a good time. We're so excited for all that's coming up, and I'll let you go ahead and plug the website. TVTrashCan.com. That's TVTrashCan.com. So, yeah, um, come like and subscribe us on YouTube, and, um, of course, we're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good jazz. Come follow us over there, and uh, I know some of y'all will be listening on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. All of our folks listening on Spotify, we appreciate it. All of our folks on RSS, we really appreciate it. You know, it's it's great that we be growing, but uh, we we excited to keep on growing and uh, having a good old time. So we appreciate it, but I think we're ready to take this donut box out to the trash, my friend. All right, well, sign us off. All right, I'm Micah and I'm Chris, and this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah, boy, this little trail mix on the track. Uh huh.